Welcome back to another episode of Don't Leave the Judges Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Patty Broker. School! Patty. I like that. I like that. Energy. High energy from Sam, which I love, you know, because I'm usually the energy guy. I don't know how I, uh, how I can just shut it off, you know? I'm probably ADD as far as anybody knows. By God, do I stay on topic on a podcast, though, guys. Don't forget, this is the number one, two, three, four, and probably 10 MMA podcasts. There's probably only 11 in existence, let's be honest, but... We had fights, man. We had championship fights. We had belts change hands. Uh, sort of obvious belts changing hands in the beginning, at least. Um, but what do you got, man? I got Sam's some got breaking break- news right now. Israel Adesanya arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Is this after his appearance on Andrew Schultz's podcast or before? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, this is uh, breaking, some, some breaking news. Uh, arrested New York City. Oh, that's where Schultz is. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. He was going to the. He was at the airport, going to the airport with uh, brass knuckles, which is not allowed in New York City. So. Also, oh, you professional fighter. Yeah. You're a professional fighter, though. <laughs> Couldn't need that. I'm telling you right now, if there was even because I don't think it's a legit thing to have registered hands. Remember when kids used to say that my hands oh, are registered? Yeah, for sure. My dad's hands are registered. Like that's not a real thing. It's just an assumption through the population. Like, oh, this guy's a professional fighter. His hands are lethal. He could kill me with them. <laughs> yeah, he could. But knowing that everybody knows that is still like, let me bring brass knuckles just so when I do hit you with this punch. Damn, ima- imagine the <laughs> damage he could do with some brass knuckles. <laughs> Especially on a plane. That's that's close quarters, man. You can't even cock all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this UFC 281 that just took place uh, started off. Carlos Olberg, uh, yeah, man, he used big leg kicks. He kept the distance, and uh, Nicolau, uh, nothing he could do. Nothing he could do. You know what? That's very smart, and I'll tell you what. I missed uh, the first couple of fights. Okay. I started on the Blanchfield fight, so there you go. All right. Highlight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go real quick. Uh, Montel Jackson, uh, it won't decision over uh julio arce that was jackson he had a he had a big knockdown in round three and round one uh he pretty much uh uh grappled uh arce so yeah i mean that he at least won two of those rounds at least all right but well, it was you, it was pretty boring fight. Can you give me uh, some more details on the the olberg fight though because it says it was a ko tko in the first round was it a legit knock knockout or did he just beat him up with punches and get stopped uh yeah he just beat him up with punches got stopped yeah <laughs> too fancy uh, go ahead um all right trezano versus Choi. those guys beat the shit out of each other man go back if you're gonna go back and watch any of them go back and watch that fight that was uh and it, and it didn't last long so i did actually see this one i'm sorry this okay. is uh, Trezano coming out because i was like oh yeah he's got his mullet back Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. It said the double uh, hook knockdown right that, at the fucking start. That'll that'll be on highlight reels for years going forward. Like I said, Trezano's one of these guys, very tough. He's a guy that I, I don't know what it is about my personality when it comes to fighters that I can just pick a guy and see something that is very like uh, Julian Arosa, another one of those guys where you're like, I think against anybody he's a problem. I don't because he never falters to be in the fight. You know what I mean? Where we see guys like we've even seen Anthony Smith not be in a fight. George Masvidal not be in a fight. 
Trezano's always right there. He wants it. He he reminds me of guys like uh, the Irish hand grenade. I can't think of his real his real name back in the day. You know what I'm talking about though. But yeah. boxer, nasty hands, and he's gonna be right in your face because he says you're gonna have to take me down. If you want to, if you want it to be easy, you're gonna have to really try. You know, I like the guy. I don't like the mullet thing. I don't like the cowboy hat. But by God, he's been fun <laughs> since the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, yeah, Carol. This next fight, I didn't fucking understand this shit, man. Uh, Carolina, uh, Kowalza check. Uh, she won the fight. It was the reason I don't, I don't get this is because this was at the end of the fight. The uh, the guy, the producer for ESPN, comes in. Takes the card out of Bruce Buffer's hand, starts marking shit all on the card. Did you see this? Not. Oh my gosh, dude! Come back and he's fucking like writing shit all on the card, and hands it the Buffer. Then Buffer follows him out of the cage. The guy's still writing shit on the card. Buffer takes his own card, starts writing some shit, goes back inside the cage, announces a straight up 29, 28, 29, 28, all judges, which is the weirdest. It was the weirdest shit I ever seen for like. Five whole minutes, the two girls are just standing there, like, looking at each other, smiling, fucking shrugging their shoulders. It was just fucking odd, dude, that an ESPN producer, you know, that that's what the announcer said it was, the, the commentary team. Uh, as soon as he walked up, they're like, oh, it's our ESPN producer, and then he starts writing shit all on the card. So, very, very odd. Yeah, because it could be any number of things. Here's the thing about it, though. I don't know if you're aware, Bruce Buffer sells those cards. Oh, wow. Sells them, put donates the money to charity. That's great. Bruce Buffer's a good guy. But if you've ever seen those cards, dude, there's hella notes. Yeah. Written on all crazy. So what was the note for? Was it how to pronounce her name better? Uh, a different stat to tell? There, it ha- you know what I mean? Because well, see, but see, he took the he actually took the um the one that had the judges, you know, where it has the judges listed. He took that and was writing on it. Because they they got a close up of it at one point. And you can see it's the the scorecard from the judges that he. I, he I just, I'm sorry. Yeah, you that, gotta check it out, man. Just fuck the fight. Go past the fight. Well, it's like, what, what do they expect to happen, anyways? This is a decision one way or the other. It didn't really matter who won. <laughs> yeah, and it was all 29, 28. All three judges agreed. So that's the strange so part. You're saying the referee wrote on the card and then gave it to Buffer? No, no, no. It was a ESPN producer. That's even. I don't even know what. Uh, how do? You, what do you make of this at all? What could the ESPN producer be putting on the car? I have no clue. The only reason I, I theorized it was ESPN producer. That's what the commentary team said. As soon as the guy walked up, they're like, "Oh, our, our ESPN producer's coming in to the cage," and then he fucking takes the card and starts writing a bunch of shit on it. I had to have seen this. I must have just missed it because you know it's a female fight. Yeah, check so. it out. <laughs> then Matt Travola. Wow, dude. You you were correct about him, man. He is back on fucking track. Big knockout. A, he's a problem. You know, it's that, that ginger temper. It's stuck inside him. He wants redemption, my guy. And I think I, I, I mentioned the McKinney versus Frivola rematch, and I think that's a Frivola mentality. He will look for that. Terrence will not. You see what I'm saying? Like, Frivola will try to redeem himself, whereas Terrence is like, I'm I, skipping you're done already <laughs> i already did that but yeah he's nasty nasty he's got he's got cement in those hands my guy and uh again one of these guys that there is room for improvement but i can see him facing the top of the division already and, and being being in the fight uh andre petrosky just took down wellington a uh, Terman, grappled hey. takedowns grappled and then he called out bo knuckle bo Dude, nickel like- bo nickel after the fight 
Oh, Knuckles, fine. Yeah, uh, might as well be. <laughs> but, dude, Petrovsky, huge. The fucking kid is massive now. He is so fucking I'll big. I'll tell you, I don't know if he wants to, to wrestle Nickel. I mean, he says he does, but... I mean, we knew from watching this fight with Nick Maximoff, this guy is a fucking outstanding wrestler. Well, and that's where I want, because Bo Nickel has a body type of somebody who's going to have good cardio five rounds. Petrosky's too fucking muscular to wrestle forever. But then you got to think, well, Brock Lesnar's a hell of a wrestler. There's a lot of fucking muscle on that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Petrosky looks huge, dude. This is the first time I've seen him in a, in a, in a, since the Gilmore fight, and he looks massive. Like, he's put on 10 pounds of muscle. Easy. That's a problem. Especially if you just want to wrestle. But he's also that's given him so much more power in those hands because a lot of those punches that he would throw that were blocked, heavy as fuck. If they connect, he, he's got he's got to just be more willing to engage that area. But Because he's always looking for the wrestling. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Blanchfield fucking destroyed Molly McCann. Wasn't even close. Dominator. Uh, it's right from the get-go. A big right hand to start the fight. Uh, took her down, side control, crucifix, and she just lit her up with the crucifix. And, and finally, uh, you know, it, it, technically, I've seen fights stopped just from being in the crucifix, even though they were light. You know, those punches aren't doing a major damage on someone's head. They're technically not defending themselves. Roy Nelson used to do it a lot, actually. The best. You know what? It was the best part about Molly, <laughs> about Molly losing was the fact that before she fought, they showed two of the barstool dudes, fucking Big Cat and fucking Dave Portnoy, and they had meatball shirts on. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Molly lost, you fucking dorks. You guys don't know shit about sports. That's why you're fucking barstool sports. You're not actual sports guys. You know nothing. They're, they're the same type of guys that are your friends that watch fights, but they don't know the fighters. They just see people clap a lot and woo for somebody, and they're like, well, they must be the best. They got all hyped up. From the they, they they went on the hype train, I guess. I, I might be the only person that don't understand this whole bar stool shit. I'm the only person on the planet that don't don't, don't even get what the fuck it hey, even means. It's nothing. It's a bunch of podcasts on a network. Ta-da. They also have gambled like once gambling became more legal. <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. Sam. It's podcast. It's just a that's bunch of podcasts. That's all. And they're also a bunch of no guys. You know what I mean? Not one of them is a celebrity. They're famous because of their podcast. Not big enough to be on Rogan, though. And also, Dave Portnoy looks like fucking Screech. <laughs> Ugly motherfucker, dude. He looks like if, uh, what's that? I can't even think of the damn Sesame Street character. Not Gonzo, but the other one, the other blue guy. It looks like him. Not doesn't matter. Well, I got a nice stat about this fight. Go ahead. Aaron Blanchfield, 111 strikes. Molly McCann, 6. Didn't she at one point go like this? Like she put her hands out, like what? <laughs> this is nothing, and she's ten and one. Yes, the oh. only fight she lost, if I remember correctly, I'll double check right now as as we're speaking, was uh, Tracy Cortez in a split decision. I think it was a, it might just split a decision. I wouldn't say split out real quick. It was a it was a split decision. Damn, I'm pretty good, man. I was out in Invicta, which I saw some uh, Invicta photo shoot pictures today. I, I didn't know because they just like apparently uh, posted some pictures of people in their roster. Get OnlyFans, you know, sponsorship on their uh, on their sh on the shorts, which I thought was pretty wild. Wait, who? 
Invicta fighters. That's I went on an Invicta little Invicta spiel since Aaron Blanchfield. That's when she uh, had that split decision loss over Tracy Cortez, her only loss in her career. Which Tracy Cortez is tough. There's nothing, but uh, no, I was just saying uh, today I, I saw some media pictures from Invicta where the fighters their their shorts have OnlyFans as a sponsorship on them. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of wild. That's all. You're going to hear how much I hate it in the, the upcoming free water episode. Yeah, there you it's go. You women beat the shit out of each other. Big muscular women. And you're like, oh shit, look at them OnlyFans shorts. I have to go there and check that shit. That, that killer Sally or whatever on Netflix right now where the two bodybuilders and she killed her bodybuilder. You know what I mean? Like, That's good, man. I watched that. That That's fucking great. I like, I like shit like that. What was she getting paid for, Sam? Yeah. She was getting paid to wrestle small guys. Yes. Yep. Right. So there's there's always been a field for fucking creepy men. Mm-hmm. Now they can just do it online. It's oh, so much I mean, I've never seen advertisements for that shit in like rustling magazines and shit. Thank you, crazy. thank you, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> that only works for Sam because he's an older guy and he knows that Andy used to wrestle fucking only re- uh, women. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you yeah, had the intergender intergender belt. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my man god, or women, but oh, he just defended oh. it against women. That's all. Absolutely. Jerry the Waller, all that shit. But I got to tell you, I watched something. I watched a clip from the Bisbing uh, MMA podcast that he does. And guess who he had on? Henry Cejudo. Okay. And guess what Henry says? He's coming back. Oh. And it's the most exciting thing that could ever happen to UFC. (laughs) Versus any of these guys. He's the best guy. He sells the best fights. The guy, oh my fucking God. What a clown. Like, you can't really be this type of guy and that small and possibly ever have a family. You know what I mean? Like, no woman is going to take that man seriously. Like, this guy's a fucking dirtbag. What a fucking dirtbag. Who acts like that? It's insane. I mean, I get the whole Colby Covington, let's be fucking, you know, talk shit to these people, Conor McGregor, talk shit. But what is Henry doing? He's like, oh, I I look like a troll. I'm going to act like one as well. Then go live under the bridge, guy. It's like... These guys get to a certain point in their head that, by God, they've done everything they could. They've got a fucking great body from doing sports their whole life to make up for the fact that they're short. He ends up winning an Olympic medal to make up for the fact that he's short and got a great body and no woman still wants him. And then he finally fucking gets in the UFC, wins championships there, and women still don't want him. He has to become more of a dirtbag. You see what I'm saying? All these accomplishments, and you still look at his face and his life, and you're like, you still have no one? It's because you're a fucking dirtbag guy. You can't be more of a dirtbag. So. So since you threw some news out there like that, let me throw some news to you. And, and dude, maybe we should have just switched over our podcast to this at the time. But uh, I don't know, probably six months or so ago, I was talking about the slap fighting. Absolutely, yes, and, and it's, it's professional now. And now it's a huge deal. Dana White has a owns the Power Slap League, and he's uh, already got a TV deal with TBS. It's going to start in January. So I'm not mad at it at all. I'm not mad at it because here's what it is. We would have been the only fucking slap fight podcast and would have had uh, episodes out already. <laughs> hey, here's what they got to do, though. We've been number one through ten. Oh, shit. We've been one through 150. <laughs> but here's what's crazy about this. This is the one place where guys like Parker Porter can be successful. You know what I mean? Like guys with that, that body type. And Jared like- Vanderaw. Yeah, man. There you. I promise you those are the names you're going to start hearing, Sam. I, I hope pr- so. That'd be great. I like oh, to I see him get the shit slapped out of him. So funny, dude. <laughs> it's the best. Well, the, you know, people, I looked at his comments and everyone, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This is so dumb, 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 dumb. Dude, I'm telling you, at least when you watch this, 
you're guaranteed someone's going to get hit. You know, you watch a UFC fight and people are swinging. You're going to get clean hits in this. And that's something, it's not always a guarantee in every fight. You also get a guy who has to anticipate he has to get hit without any defense at all. That's right. <laughs> He's that's right. The shot. You just got to take it. That's all. Someone's getting fucked up. Yeah, of course. dude, out of the sh- that, that's why he started it because to look at the success it's already had. You're like, oh, he put man to sleep. Homie's asleep now from a slap. I love it. Yep. I haven't seen p- slaps put anybody to sleep since Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you could slap a boy to sleep on that shit, but in real life, it's magic. All right, Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Span. Speaking of being oh slapped, my gosh, Whew. Ryan Span is underrated as fuck. I see that. I fucking see that. And I think it's because people take his skill set. He's very, you know, uh, baby giraffe. He has, he's not, his movements are so strange and stiff. Yeah. And he's got a deceiving record 21 and seven. And then he puts dudes to sleep too. That power, man, comes out of fucking nowhere. And against a guy who's known to have a chin and take these shots from guys that are, you know, as hard a punchers is insane. Because Ryan Spann's not necessarily a large guy, he's muscular, he's big enough. But he's not. He doesn't look like Brock Lesnar or anything. No, no, no. He's not William Knight. Which... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but a nasty, nasty finish there. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. Plenty of power. What do we do with him though? Where does he go now? Two hundred five is wide open, my guy. It's wide open. They're doing the Teixeira versus Prochaka again. Whatever that dude's name is, I always get it wrong. Shout out, Sam. Uh, I do like the news of the next one though. Brad Riddell going to quit MMA? Dude, I saw this headline. I was like, oh. Good. Is he going to quit? Fucking good, dude. Quit. Go do slappy slap. Whatever. That was embarrassing. <laughs> Useless. That was fucking embarrassing, man. You. <laughs> yeah, and it, here's the thing, too. is you, you, As soon as he got to that position, I was like, oh, you're done. That's Because you're like, Moicano hasn't gotten finishes standing maybe three in his career, and you're like the rest of in submissions. You're in trouble now. You're exactly where he wants to be. Standing, he's fine. He's not mm-hmm. great, though. He's not putting dudes away like that. He's not known for that. But as soon as you landed in the ground, I was like, oh, he's in trouble now. He's just got to – it's over. Wrap him up. Yeah. And Riddell will try to wrestle. That's his problem. You're right. I mean, he's never knocked anyone out his whole career. There you go. It's crazy. You just went – you know, you dove into the snake's pit with no clothes on, my friend. But Moicano, again, another one of these guys where you're like, you shouldn't even have been fighting with them. You know? You should be higher in the charts, fighting somebody more with a name. This was kind of to push Riddell over, and it didn't work. I, I agree with that. Dan- All right, so the next one, dude. I got. Do you have anything on this? The one we just talked about? No. Nah, let's go on to Dan Hooker. Okay, this one was Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puelas. All right, fire him. Fire Puelas right now. Get rid of Claudio, because he's new. That's some new shit. That's some Ryan Hall. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> dude, dude, that's what I wrote down. Ryan Hall. Shit, I don't know if you can say Ryan Hall. Okay, guys, just just for the <laughs> listener, this is a bit me and Sam do where we don't we pretend he doesn't send me the notes and I just do the jokes like it's. I'm just, <laughs> uh, but no, it was bullshit, dude. Because as soon as he fucking couldn't get it, as soon as he couldn't get it, he had nothing else. You shouldn't be fighting Dan Hooker then. Not because Dan Hooker is dangerous, but because you're not ready. Dan Hooker's too far up the division for this fella to be in there with him. Anybody else, dude? I'm kicking you. I'm I'm doing something illegal because you're fucking pissing me off now. <laughs> Dan <laughs> you know? Hooker had the perfect game plan for this fight. Yeah, he, he had to stop one thing. Yes, he had to stop the oh. take the he. But he used his leg kicks. He used 
he kept range. He kept the, the fucking distance. And, uh, yeah, kicks, body kicks, leg kicks, jabs, everything he could do to keep the distance, and he kept it. And then, as Peleus got desperate, turned into Ryan Hall. I got it written down, I promise you. <laughs> it's shooting from, from way, way far out, out of fucking left field. Here he comes in for a shoot. And, and finally, a body kick did Peleus in. But I think he'd given up at that point anyway. Yeah, what else was going to happen? More of the same thing? <laughs> yeah. Fucking boring waste of time, dude. Fire the guy. Fire him because he's not ready to be in the UFC. There's too many dudes below Dan Hooker that are fucking this guy up. You stop that thing one time, he has nothing else. He also does look like one of my childhood friends. Also not a great fighter. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Chris Gutierrez versus Frankie Edgar. Bye. Goodbye, Frankie. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I mean, you know, early in the fight, as soon as the fight, well, pretty early in the fight, he, Gutierrez, threw a spinning back fist that it probably would have took out a lot of people because he hit that back fist and then he kicked him in a leg. Edgar <laughs> recovered. But then, as as Edgar does, he has the pressure. He keeps the pressure on and everybody knows it. And he, boom, that fucking knee, the same knee, the same, that's the second time the man had his own momentum used against him and hit with a flying knee as he's coming at somebody and knocked straight out from it. Okay. Wow. I, I knew Frankie was going to lose when they showed his family. <laughs> he was going to lose as soon as this kid's wrong. <laughs> and you know what, uh. Sam? You know what the worst part is about Frankie getting knocked out? It's not that he got knocked out in front of his family. It's that he got knocked out in front of his family and Halle Berry. <laughs> I almost tweeted that shit because that is so fucking funny because she was on camera like three seconds after. No, she wasn't even on camera yet. She had just been on camera as it was panning around, like following the fight. And I saw her back there and I'm like, oh, fucking Halle Berry's here again. She's well, she's signed to the same people that own the UFC. She gets in free, pays nothing for the tickets. But thanks for your support of the sport. Thank you, Halle. I love, dude, as soon as I saw his family, I'm like, Frankie's going to go to sleep. And I hope he does so that way I can say, it's not just bad that he went to sleep in front of his family, but also Halle Berry, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, <laughs> uh, man. Dustin Poirier, I, I know you're probably happy with this one. Oh, Michael it. Chandler. Dude, I'm a Poirier fan. Let's dude, go. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm not a fan of how Chandler came in and got shot up immediately to the top, but I think he's doing the best he can with it. He's. He's starting to fight all. He's looking like a beast in there. He's a couple suplexes. I mean, he's yes, he's a monster. He is a monster. He has heavy hands. They call him Iron Mike for no for a fucking reason. The kid's been that way from the get. That's why I don't respect him. <laughs> don't have nothing else. If it, Dan Hooker got Dan Hooker should fight him again. I'll bet it'll be different. I would put legit money on that because I think Dan Hooker knows better. All he has to do is avoid that power for. Two and a half minutes, night, night. I'm beating you the fuck up then. Bro, there was a time where I saw Poirier in a position where he was hitting him with elbows, and then he said, these aren't hard enough. Crank, crank, crank. He starts smashing, boy. I'm like, I like that. I like that. Finish him up, dude. Toast. But I, you're not wrong. And what's going to happen to Michael Chandler now? Because Dana White, it seems like he loves this guy. Okay with what he's doing. Put him against all the top guys and watch them. This <laughs> it's so fun because you're like, he if he gets the one, he gets you. You know what I'm saying? If he does get the one, he will get you. But if you have enough of a chin, enough wherewithal, like Poirier has, he'll take the one. Mm -hmm. You take the three, you'll be okay. 
because then he gets too tired. There's too much muscle on that little frame. <laughs> oh, but man. I got respect for him. All right, I, got I, a, have- I got a confession to make. I didn't watch the next fight. So <laughs> uh, okay. And I kind of <laughs> predicted this would happen, that the, the fucking championship is going around in a rotation now. Because now yeah. Rose will come out and win the belt back, and then we'll just be in a, a fucking, we're just like in a, a time loop. Yeah, we're trying to figure out which one of these women are worth a damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put and all so three far- of them in there at one time. That's why there's yeah, that's crazy tag teams. What's up? <laughs> Fuck tag team champions in the fucking female division. Let's do it. I can't wait to see women start doing the slapping shit. Honestly, that should be fantastic because you'll still see no it bitch. Go- <laughs> no, nobody even. They just go like this, Sam. <laughs> that was the hardest she had. Both women just turned their head. If you guys were, if we were doing video, it'd be much better. But so much more work. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't pay much attention to this fight. You were exactly right. Uh, it was going to be sort of one-sided. Wei Lee is probably the top, but she has to stay consistent. She has to prepare for the longevity of the matches. She can't wear herself out. If she stays cardio good and point-friendly the entire time, we're in. You know what I mean? She's the, she's the champ to me. All right, man. So uh, I was just seeing where uh, Izzy's team put out a, a statement. Uh, Israel was handed a gift by a fan. Which he put in his luggage. So a fan gave him some brass knuckles. It's an odd <laughs> gift. When flagged at the airport, Israel quickly disposed of the item and cooperated with authorities. He has, compli- he has complied accordingly. With that, the matter was dismissed. He's on his way home. Very odd little incident there. Okay, so due to the fact that it was New York, that has to be coming from Andrew Schultz's podcast at some point because he was just on. There you go. We're getting him in trouble, the New York boys. Go ahead. But uh, the main event. So, man, Ferrer, this this didn't even, almost didn't make it to the second round. Izzy put him on the ropes early. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but the size difference was in. Izzy looked little. He looked little, dude, and that's that's gonna be a problem. That's gonna be a problem against this dude. That's a massive one eighty five er who's got crazy power. He's he also moves like Ryan Spann. So, you know, like like he's fucking walking on those giant sticks, stilts. You know, <laughs> get off me. Uh, <laughs> he's he, he's just odd in his movements, but they've they work, and he wins. He's just got an insane amount of power. That it's devastating. <laughs> it's devastating because Izzy had precision, McGregor had pre- precision, and we saw them both be taken out by sheer power. Just power alone beat both those dudes. Dustin Poirier, right? Sheer power took out Conor McGregor. <laughs> Wasn't technique by any stretch. It was he got him with his hand. That was the heavy one, right? And it's the same thing with Fajera. I just think Izzy should have let go a little more. He should have let go. He should have teed off some more. There were there were moments, but there were also moments where you're like, why didn't he? Now, uh, we I, got- I can <laughs> see that he's, he's kind of been like that. Uh, that last fight. I just uh, clicked off the fucking thing, but uh, well, yeah, taking his shots, Han Blockowitz, all that shit. All these guys that he's faced since he's been the, the title holder, he's been trying to do different things essentially. And I didn't see anything different in this matchup. I didn't see him really trying to, you know, push the bar. Like, yeah. hey, man, this isn't kickboxing, dude. And that was the same with the uh, Cannoneer Whitaker. I mean, he he could have unloaded, but maybe he is holding back a little bit. I don't know. 
Here's what annoys me about these champions that lose their belt. All I want to see is Izzy fight anybody else in the division now. For nothing. Work his way back up. Give him two, three fights. Then he fights for the belt again. But yeah. Sam, what are they going to do? They'll have the rematch immediately. They're already doing it with they Leon. Can, they can Mark. say, have some money. That part's annoying. Because when I saw Connor lose his belt, which I believe it was to Khabib, right? He lost the belt mm. to Khabib. Some some shit like this. When he did lose his belt, I was like, well, that's exciting because now we get to see Connor fight these guys with nothing on the line. There's so many other guys at 155 that I was like, Connor versus them for no belt is such a great fight. It sells without it being anything on the line because no guy has anything to lose. Connor started to fight like he had things to lose. And Izzy wasn't in, in that particular moment, but you could see the headspace he was in was, oh, I am the champion, but he wasn't taking advantage of the fact that this is MMA. Everything goes. Let me see a spinning elbow because there was times I was like, he should have hit that one. He should have hit it off that push. You know what I mean? Because Fajero would just give space and then try to strike. Whatever, man. I didn't watch the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it. Um, the crazy thing with this, this shit is, is that you know, this guy's got these heavy fucking hands, devastating hands, and you have, I mean, you have a guy like Bo Nickel that, you know, his course is not ranked, he's brand new, he shouldn't be ranked, but a pure wrestler that probably can take care of this guy. <laughs> then you gotta Which is wonder, insane. Is, it's insane. What are the capabilities? You know, is there a 185er that you could stick out right now that's not just a striker? No. They all want to punch, dude. Derek Brunson can wrestle some. Is that his go-to, though? No, I, I wouldn't say it's his go-to. 185 is full of any, uh, strikers, man. That's mm. what it, it's always been that way since Anderson Silva. You got Chael right. Sonnen in there for a half a second, and it's just trash. Didn't work. <laughs> Go to 205, guy. <laughs> uh, new card? Yeah, let's get on this card, man. UFC fight night, and... They're at the apex again. I don't understand why they're at the apex so much. I mean, I understood it when COVID was happening, had it, you know, was a big deal, but now it's died down. These events could be on the road, man. Take these. Let's go to places. Come here so I can fucking go to the event. Shit. It's, it's, it's probably because they're fucking cheap assholes. <laughs> because they're not paying anything for a venue. Yeah. Well, they make some money with some ticket sales, though. I, 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 sure. How many? Five? How many tickets do you get uh, get to go to the Apex Center? <laughs> I don't have a clue. I'm saying if you ha go out somewhere else, so they they'll, they'll make more money. But what yeah. they're doing here is they're saying, well, we're we're killing two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm. We're going to our own venue, and we're avoiding the idea of. And I forgot where my thought was going because I had one, but give me one second. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no. uh, to start this bout off is a women's flyweight bout. Natalia Silva. Teresa Bledo. Uh, oh, what I was going to say is they get to have more fights. because They're like, oh, uh, well, if we go on the road, we have to set this up, set a date, all this shit. If we have it at mm -hmm. this place in Vegas constant more often, you get more fights. But then you have to make the argument on our side where it's like, well, before the Apex was even a thing, you guys had a shit ton of fights. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I got it. That was my stoner uh, brain. Uh, Silva, dude, she beat Jasmine Judovich in her UFC debut. Uh, this Teresa Chick, she's only 6-0. and uh, She beat a girl that was 7-0 and on the Contender Series. And this is her UFC debut. You know, she's only 20 years old. Natalia Silva's only 25. And uh, Teresa is 5'9", where Silva's 5'4". 
Maybe she can use that reach and, and keep the distance. Uh, this this Silva has uh she does have seven wins in a row. Her last loss was 2017. Six armbar wins. Oh, that's it's, tough. It's like right. any other Silva. <laughs> yeah, I guess just in that aspect. I'd like to see uh, I like to see her pull it off. She's got a hell of a lot of fights, man. I don't mind an armbar finish. This this bantamweight bouts next. Brady Heiston, a name we hadn't heard in a little bit, versus uh Barney Garcia. Uh, Heiston, the finalist on the UFC, the Ultimate Fighter 29. Uh, the dude has lost two of his last three. Uh, Garcia, he beat Joshua Weems on the Contender Series and then lost to Journey Newsom in his UFC debut. Six decision wins. Uh, he's won five of his last six. All, all with he's a points fighter. I mean, ten and two. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, you know, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think Brady Heiston. Maybe able to defeat this guy. Well, maybe that's the plan. Maybe they're trying to reintroduce the kid. He's got the Michael Chandler look. He's clean cut. We could put this guy on the game covers, you know, all that good shit. <laughs> he was well-rounded, though. Well-rounded. Yeah. Well-rounded on the show. Uh, and I think starting him off, you, I don't know, because it's hard to pick the weight classes. And we were talking about this every time we watch the Ultimate Fighter shit where it's like, is this guy going to be more successful in this weight class or the other because of his body type? And, you know, it does take time. We'll see. This could be this could be a thing, though. They're both super young, but the guy's got a little bit yeah. more fights. Heiston's uh, only 23 years old. So, uh, yeah. Women's strawweight belt, Vanessa Demopoulos versus Maria Oliveira. Demopoulos, three armbar wins, get four submission wins in a career. She's got this wild style where she just comes in swinging like crazy, tries to take you down, and sometimes it's hit or miss. Uh, she's 5'2". She's a little short little thing. Uh, Oliveira's 5'5". Five, five. She's only 25 years old. She's 3-3 three and three in her last six fights. Seven knockout wins. Dude, I went and I, made a, I added up the records of all the people she's knocked out. 4 and 17 combined. One girl was like 0 and 11. So. I would be mad if I went to decision against a girl who was 0 and 11. Even <laughs> if, like, I, what are we doing this for? <clears throat> I don't know. But Vanessa Demopoulos is, she's a, I mean, she, if, she, if, if she was successful, she probably could be a little marketable, but. The thing is, is she's, she, that wild she's so, style so. gets you in trouble. And it you has know? gotten her in trouble too. She has to be careful. Be wild, but be contained wild. You know, a lion in a zoo, not a lion in a jungle. You like that? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Bantamweight belt next. Ricky, uh, Ricky Tercios, Kevin Natavadad. I know not, I butchered that. Natavadad. It's about butchered that shit. Well, he's 0-2 in the UFC. Uh, all three of his losses in his career is because he got knocked out. So <laughs> Ricky Tercios is the young Tony Ferguson, right? This is the kid from the Ultimate Fighter that trains super weird and shit. Yeah, he's the kid that won the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, so what is his record in the UFC, though? I feel like he's he hasn't lost. Oh, in the UFC, I don't think he's lost either. But I also don't remember him doing anything. Didn't he get a knockout? I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing uh, this up with another Ultimate Fighter guy. So, uh, actually, he did lose his last fight um, in the UFC decision. But he, he had his, the win... He beat Brady Heiston. That was a split decision win. So, okay. did this? I mean, 
he won the Ultimate Fighter, but I mean, how far is he gonna go? I, He's not gonna go very far. I don't. I don't. No, not if he doesn't start training like a real person trains. To be <laughs> like this guy's opening and closing his freezer door and thinking like that's gonna help him in his Wang Chung or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I made up my own. Shut up, Ricky. Richard, just go by Richard. You know that's what your name is. Dick Tercios. Come on, man. That's a fucking mob guy. <laughs> Dick you've ever heard. Tercios. Bantamweight bout next. <laughs> fucking enough. This is the third Bantamweight bout already. Vince Morales versus Miles Johns. Morales, three and four in his last seven fights. Uh, six knockout wins. But, uh, dude, Miles Johns, his last two fights, uh, his last two losses, one was the Sexy Mexi. One was Mario Batista. I just think this guy is a step above Vince Morales. We'll see, but... Yeah, you know, you're right. I, I do agree with uh, saying the step above thing is kind of the best way to put it because Miles Johns, to me, is one of these... He's sort of unassuming right now. He's sort of a guy to watch. Pay attention to him because he can. He'll light you up. He's not afraid to engage. I think he's a little smaller. Maybe he could go down a weight class, but he's he's had success, man. What a record, 12-2. and two. You know, not bad. Not really a name a lot of people know, though. But neither yeah. is Vince. Uh, didn't he get, just get knocked out? Or did he just get a knockout? Vince. Uh, oh, Vince Morales? Uh, well, he... Uh, I'll find out live right here. Well, he, had, uh, he was fighting somebody tough. Both of us were like, I think it could go either way. Either one of these guys is going to knock uh, each other. He just lost to uh, Jonathan Martinez. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Was it a knockout? No, it was a decision. Okay, so that was a, that was a tough fight, though, right? I think they went yeah. back and forth most of the match. We were both like, "This is these guys both got hammers. So uh, Vince is willing to be in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I think Miles Johns can can out, outswing. I mean, I probably, we'll see. yeah, we'll I think see. it's going to lean that way. But I think he's a little smaller, isn't he? He's a littler guy. Miles They're both 5'7". They're both 5'7"? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, yeah. I think maybe the reach then, Vince has him on reach. He might have had Martinez too, but yeah, you're right. He does have him on reach. Four-inch reach advantage. How much? Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. Um, actually, it's uh, um, 66-inch uh, to 70-inch. So six-inch. Jesus, uh, oh. I sound like an idiot. Four-inch reach advantage. That's that's quite a bit. We'll see. I, I like the matchup, though. They're both in the right place to fight each other, you know. Uh, but now we got to talk more female fights. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Maya Marina Morez. All right, so Morez, five armbar wins. She's average. She's only a three-fight win streak. But both of these girls are average, let's face it. Jennifer Maya, four and five in the UFC. Uh, she's only five foot four, uh, where um, Marina is five foot seven. You know, maybe I'm thinking Marina takes her down, slaps her in an armbar. I mean, Jennifer Maya is 19 and nine. Yeah, she... Uh, there was a lot of talk of her when she first came on the scene. A lot of hype on Jennifer Maya, and it just really hasn't paid off. Got yeah, a lot I mean, of fights, though, man, and it's not a bad record either. She has had a lot of fights. She's lost three of her last four. She's got to get a finish. Uh, <laughs> next up, Charles Johnson versus Zalgas Zumagulov, right? <laughs> yeah, you're asking me. <laughs> Look, I'm going to hey. say yes, no matter what the fuck you say when you come to pronouncing the name. I made a reference to this guy, Z- uh, Zulov, right? Zalga, whatever his name is. I made a reference to this oh. guy looking like a specific person from a movie. Now, Sam didn't get the reference. Some of you guys listening might have. So I'm going to show Sam 
the face right here on camera as to what I think this guy looks like. And it's almost identical. It's absurd. What the it's fuck the Cyclops, is Cyclops? like child from uh, Harold and Kumar, oh. uh, Escape Guantanamo Bay. He's got one eye, but that is <laughs> Zalgus Zumagulov, man. That's his. That's him. <laughs> but he has two eyes. I'm gonna tell life. you what I wrote down about this guy, about his looks. Go ahead. He's 34, but he looks and fights like he's 54. <laughs> like that. I like that. He's he, lost he, four of his last five, and Johnson was won four of his last five. He did lose his UFC debut. And Johnson's five foot nine to Zumagulov's five four. Whoa. This guy could have literally played that character. <laughs> I'm serious. He's little as shit still. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ten years ago, he was five one. He's still a growing boy. But he's forty four. <laughs> <laughs> he's thirty four. He looks like he's fifty four. Yeah, I mean it's a fuck. The guy has to get a stool to look to the bank lady. All right, uh, Danny Roberts, man, versus Danny Jack Della. What? Modelina. Okay. Um, I mean, there's going to be hands in this one. Go ahead. What do yeah, you got? yeah, this should be a good fight, man. Modelina's only 26 years old. He's uh, 5'11. Danny Roberts, 6'1. He's 35. He has three losses in his last five fights. Uh, I think Jack's going to fuck him up. He's, <laughs> so, this, Roberts has been knocked out three times. Uh, Madalena, his only two losses, he's 12 and 2, was his first two fights. He's got 10 knockout wins. So, yeah, I think he's going in for the fucking kill, man. I think he'll knock out Danny Roberts. What you think? He... Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Danny <laughs> Roberts is the first one to make a mistake in this fight. Uh, the, the guy's, he's in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's he exists in the moment. But I, I just see this going. I think Jack's on a, he's on a tear. He he's is. Walking. Most of the division. The guy's got the flattest face I've ever seen, though. I bet he sleeps face down <laughs> without a pillow and still can breathe. <laughs> oh, fucking man. guy. He's a handsome man. <laughs> Unlike the last guy you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They, have to, they had to be fighters. They had the face for it. <laughs> Imagine that's how you get into boxing. They're like, man, your face. <laughs> that's how they pick you. All right, Andre Filio. This is Muslim Salakov. All right. Salakov, he lost his last fight. He had won his previous five. He's got 12 knockout wins. The guy's 18 and 3. Filio, he was knocked out in his last fight. He's only 28 years old. 16 and 5, 13 knockout wins. He has been knocked out three times. So what do you think, man? I don't think Muslim's uh, coming for this guy's head. I mean, if they take this, uh, they clip that in any other way. It sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but, you, but you know, you know, Filio. I mean, of course, he's tough. He's a tough uh, dude. But yeah, I think uh, he seems like he's been around fighting a lot longer than Muslim. <laughs> but I, I, I remember maybe one interesting knockout. Right. Um, I think we're gonna see some. Somebody's gonna shine here. I think we're, someone's gonna pull ahead. I don't know who. <laughs> I can't really say, but I like I like both these guys in this ahead. matchup. I think it's gonna we're gonna finally see one of these guys face somebody who's more of a contender uh, in the upcoming. Because this Philo Feely guy, whatever Andre, uh, whatever guy, mm -hmm. he trains with somebody that we know, right? If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. He comes from a team. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but he trains yeah, with Sanford MMA. Yeah, I got no idea. 
Like <laughs> maybe it was somebody else. Maybe I was, maybe it was the guy that lost to Jim Miller. I don't know. Greg Jones. But yeah, two big guys. You know, two big guys gonna throw hammers for sure. Who's just gonna Who's gonna last? Who's got the better chin? All right, this next bout, and I don't know why because the heavyweight division is such a mess. I still get excited for the heavyweight fighters. I mean, you got Chase Sherman, who's 16 and 10. I mean, the guy, he comes at you. He either is going to knock you out or he's going to get knocked out. The guy's 15 knockout wins out of his 16 wins. He's been knocked out four times. His last fight, Jared Van Derer, he knocked him out. He had lost his previous four fights. But uh, Jared Van Der- they, they got to get rid of that guy. There's no way they can keep this motherfucker around. Waldo Cortez Acosta... It seems like he just fought, but he, he beat, uh, just like everybody in the whole division, Jared Vanderaar beat him. It was a decision. It kind of went back and forth where Vanderaar was targeting his leg. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know why I'm excited for this fight. doesn't really make sense. But, you know, if Waldo Cortez Acosta wins, they can try to build them up a little bit like they were trying to do with Jared. And, uh... I mean, I don't think he's going to go too high in the division, but, you know, the, we'll see. He could. He's got potential. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Chase Sherman has to be one of the few fighters in the UFC that looks in the mirror every day and thanks God and wonders how he's still in the UFC. It's just got to be a confusing thing for him, but it's got to be inspiring. <laughs> yeah. It's got to keep him trying to There's get wins. No other division. With the- Exactly. He's got to be thinking this. Most of the heavyweight fighters in this division, Parker Porter himself is sitting on his couch right now, eating bag of potato chips, watching fucking, you know, CSI. And he's thinking this division is in shambles and he's got a shot at the belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guys like that. Vandera is not worried about his contract. He's coming back. You know what I mean? These guys have a home here because, hey, where else are they going to go? And we have no one else to fill your space. And that's why Chase Sherman's taking on this guy who, Beat Vanderbilt by decision, so not impressive. And I think uh, this Chase Sherman's going to put it to him. We could yeah. see uh, a, a phenomenal Waldo. Uh, we could find him finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or well, this Chase is the Sher- guy that came on the Contender Series dancing. <laughs> and he and he fucking put out. He was like, "Yeah, I was a dancer, and uh, someone told me uh, I should train for MMA, and I, I found out it was the same moves I was already doing in dancing." <laughs> <laughs> had me cracking up but... the worst theory <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, anyway light heavyweight bout next what a, what a shitty co-main event but uh, I shouldn't say that Ion Cutie Lava Kennedy and Chuck Wee I didn't know he was a light heavyweight yeah oh yeah Holy shit he's six foot five why the fuck <laughs> is Kutala bugging man go man vet? <laughs> is how's he got a job still? What um, has he done? Hey man. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's friends with Bisping. I don't, you're right though. Dude, any fighter over two oh five that that exists in MMA right now, get your ass in the UFC. <laughs> it's wide open. Fuck, man. If you get this choked is- out by Johnny Walker, the way he's been fighting lately. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's worse then. If you got knocked out after he knocked out Khalil Roundtree and that other dude that had the weird hair, 
<laughs> fine. Fine. But Johnny Walker had been slept multiple times and yeah. then come back fight beats you and you get home in. Johnny Walker couldn't beat anybody. He gave up vaping and that was enough to fucking beat up on Cutie Lava. I mean, he's got to be the only dude who's Brazilian with the last name Walker. Get out of here. <laughs> well, Cutie Lava, he hasn't, he's only had one win in his last Surprise. six fights. <laughs> six fights. I'm, Most- you know, it's kind of like Chase Sherman in a way. I'm starting to develop a theory. Because uh, Sammy Alva, you know, he's got a, a supermodel wife. Do these guys that stick around with all these damn losses in a row, do they have hot wives too? Is Dana keeping them around for that reason? Make, you could make that exception for Kutulaba being super big in his own country. <laughs> but Chase Sherman's from here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Chase Sherman's from here. He doesn't have anything that, that's keeping him around where it's like, oh, he's real big in Detroit. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not a fucking thing. Where Kutulaba could be huge in wherever, whatever country he's from. Yeah. But yet, I guarantee you, more UFC fans have a better understanding on how to say Kennedy and Chukwu's name <laughs> than they know Ian Kutulaba at all. It's a cutie. Well, cutie Laba's wife is named Olga, so she can't look too. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, yeah, Kennedy and Chukwu. This guy. <laughs> Turns out she's the hottest woman we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> this guy has been extremely uh, is notorious we talk about it all the time. Extremely slow starter. The guy's got to get slapped around to get woken up. He does not. He never like he hasn't ever done anything in the first round. Nothing, literally. I shouldn't say literally, but he hasn't done anything in the first round of any fight I've seen him on. Uh, he has lost two of his last three. So Ian, if you listen, jump on this guy immediately because yeah, what the guy thought? starts waking up right at the start of round two and round three. He becomes a full-on fighter all of a sudden. But Kutalaba is that guy where he tries to come in super aggressive and gets himself hurt every time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, is it going to pay off or is it going to you know, work in uh, Kennedy's favor? Probably the latter, though, huh? And then this main event here. So heavyweight bouts. I like seeing the heavyweights have a main event, but Derek Lewis, uh, Sergey Spivak, man Lewis, uh, 21 knockout wins, the man's 37. Seven Wait, knockout this... losses. Haven't you been knocked out in your career seven times? In your hometown. What? Oh, yeah. At least twice in his hometown. Hey. And now he's the... at the apex. After that, you got to change your chest tattoo. <laughs> After you get knocked out in your hometown, who's Damn, making man. the argument that you're still the KO king? Then Michael Jackson will also have to change his chest tattoo that he got copying him. But... The guys, I mean, Derek Lewis is... A fan favorite. And it's not because he's super successful. It's the same thing with Mark Hunt. Nobody was like, he's going to be champion one day. Yeah. No, we like to see him hit guys in the fucking head. That's what the that's what the heavyweight division used to be. That's why Sam is still such a fan because he's 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 an old man who's watched this fucking thing since UFC won. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he's watched it before it was even called the hey, UFC. Only watched it since UFC two, goddammit. I had to rent the videotape, the videotape from the from the fucking video store to watch it out of out of Colorado, where the hell it was. If I have to be honest, I think I was somewhere probably around like the twenties, maybe seventeens, fifteen, like this. But very very early in the day, so I'm right there with you, my guy. I was making a joke. Sam's not I know, that old. I know. 
what I'm getting at though is fan favorites and coming from the old school that we do, we we like to you expect something. That's why even guys like Joe Rogan will be commentating and be like, this should be a fucking banger because they're heavyweights for no other reason but they're heavyweights. And then they come out and they're like, what? what? <laughs> There's a couple, of, you know what I mean? It's because we come from the old school where that's what we saw. We saw guys do that. There was no lay and pray. There was no wrestling. It was like you had one or two options. You either get knocked out, you knock the guy out, or your arm gets broken by Frank Mir. That was your options as a heavyweight. That's it. Now you got these guys. It's like, nah, sometimes I get knocked out. Sometimes I'll just do a decision. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Man, so you know, back then there was a, a shit ton of ground and pound. I'm not saying you don't, I'm not saying you don't see any ground and pound these days, Molly McCann, but how, <laughs> how often do you see somebody get finished by being knocked out on the ground anymore? Very fucking rare. Is it the fear of the submission? Because you also don't see very many submissions either. Right? It's like it's they're they're negating each other. <laughs> I'm not going to punch you because I'm afraid you're going to tap me out. And I'm not going to tap you out because I'm afraid you're going to punch me. It's very – it works it's, uh, against each other. But what do you think about Sergey's chances against somebody like a Derek Lewis? Because he does need one. That's it. Well, I think if he stays from – if he can keep his back off the cage – which, you know, Derek Lewis, you know, he'll... That's uh, what happened to Chris Dawkins. Chris Dawkins immediately backed straight up to the cage. I think if Sergey could stay off the cage, don't let Derek Lewis pressure, which no one should be letting Derek Lewis pressure anyway. Obviously. The guy most of the time stays back and just lays in wait for his right hand. He doesn't make... It does pull no punches. He makes it obvious what he's going to do. Throw a right hand. But, uh, yeah, I think Sergey's got a good chance if he can just – all he's got to do is avoid that right hand. It's true. He's big. He's got so, six submission wins. You know, maybe if he can – what would it take to get Derek Lewis down? That's the thing. Derek Lewis has some nasty grounding power. This dude hammers dudes, <laughs> and he does it from the, the most simple positions. You know what I mean? Just, just post it up, fucking half guard, just hammering a dude. You're like – Put him in full guard. Pull the leg out. He's not even trying to hold you. <laughs> it's not Roy Nelson crucifixion I mean, this, shit. This is going to be a tough test for Sergey. We'll see where he stands now. Whether he's going to be, you know, go up or go down. Because if he loses Derek Lewis, well, I don't know what the hell you do with him. But, Absolutely. you know, if he wins this fight, you can just keep building him on up, straight on up the ladder. I mean, he did lose a couple fights ago to Tom Aspinall. But, you know, you can't have people forget about that fairly quickly if he strings along a couple wins especially over the fan favorite Derek Lewis and that's what people don't realize not even people but the the fighters don't realize themselves is they get so caught up in these losses that the comeback is so hard for them where it's like dude you win two fights in a row we already don't remember remember the yeah, guy who yeah. got knocked out by Joaquin Buckley from the spinning kick nope is he still fighting <laughs> absolutely but you get my point where it's yeah. like you know Joaquin fights it works both ways but if Derek Lewis can get off that's the thing about Derek is he's so his body type doesn't make you think he can last forever. And he still yeah. maintains that power late into the rounds. So it, even though Spivak is essentially in better shape, he could pop jabs and stay at, stay at the distance. Derek only needs one. And for 25 minutes, he will get one. It's statistically, you know what I mean? Science mm -hmm. has got to prove. For sure he's going to get one. He has to. I mean, you, you just, know, on the flip side, I mean, Ser Sergey, to agree with you, he was knocked out by Walt Harris in 50 seconds. So, but Eric Lewis isn't that guy. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. To rush him, but yeah, it does say that he can be knocked out. Very interesting. I like the matchup. This and does Spivik, make Spivik holds a win over Ty Tavasso. 
This is what we're. This is the same thing with the female division. Just flipping the title. They're just flipping mm-hmm. the top guys. I like, mean, one, if, if Sergey was to win this, maybe set up a rematch with Ty Tavasa, build it up like a big rematch, and then you know whatever happens from there, you keep building, keep building. But yeah, this will be a tough, tough test for Sergey. I'm thinking yeah. he can pull it off. You know. I like the trust in the UFC for saying that Spivak should be allowed to take him on. And that Derek was like, let's see what the fucking guy's got. Because he is essentially a guy that you could consider a gatekeeper, but in the heavyweight division, there's not really a gatekeeper. The gatekeeper's sitting yeah. too high in the division to be a gatekeeper when you're number four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, or you, you know, Orlowski is... There you go, that's right, that's true. get past He's, him. But, uh, yeah, man, great episode. I'm looking forward to this. It's a free fight. Guys, get that shit. We didn't get to pick them still because we're not even checking on that anymore. But uh, follow the show, Twitter, Instagram. Just type in, don't leave it to the judges. We got to be the only ones. Or if somebody <laughs> pissed off in a fighter, you know, or his camp. Round one, fight. <laughs>